it's the most wonderful time of the year again. No, not Christmas. It's time for our annual Star Wars screening and live show. Friday, December 15th, we're going to be hosting a screening of Star Wars The Last Jedi here in Canberra at Palace Electric Cinemas. Uh, afterwards, we'll be doing a Star Wars Q&A with you in the audience. Uh, the screening starts at 9 o'clock and we encourage everyone to come along in costume, um, mostly so that we don't look weird in our costumes. And um, we will have a bottle of wine and quite a bit of fun with you guys. Uh, if you check out silverscreenqueens.com, there's a link there to the tickets or you can have a look on our Facebook page. There is also a link there. Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Justice League, directed by Zack Snyder and released in 2017. The plot of the movie goes something like this. With the world under threat from an ancient enemy, Bruce Wayne and Diana Prince assemble the members of the Justice League. Yeah. So, before we get started into analysing this movie, we'll do a quick spoiler-free section. So, Katie, should people watch this movie? I don't know. It's not. It's definitely not as bad as I thought it was going to be, as somebody who really does, hasn't liked a lot of these movies. Um, it's kind of fun. The characters are kind of fun. But it's also kind of pointless. Like... I just – I didn't get anything out of it particularly apart from enjoyment of watching Ezra Miller play Barry Allen. It wasn't terrible. It's just not much of anything. It's not great. It's just there. Mm, yeah. I um, It's definitely surprised me um, and it, I, I agree it's a lot more fun and we were just having a big conversation about how I'm pretty sure that's because of Joss Whedon's involvement in the rewrites because there's a lot of quippy bits of dialogue, although it is also – the actual script is written by the Argo screenwriter, Chris something, Terrio. So it's obviously got some decent talent there. And definitely from a storytelling perspective, it's a lot better than previous ones. I agree, Ezra Miller's great mm. and a lot of fun. And, like, not all of them are up to his standard no. in the league, but some of them have a good go at it. And, yeah, look, I, I was happy to – I actually had a decent amount of fun watching this. I didn't look at my watch. I had a good time and I got a few laughs out of it. So, But it yeah. is – ugly like and, it is not a good looking movie yeah like i have some quibbles but yeah i mean sure of, of if you're gonna see a dc movie and yeah. wonder woman hasn't been out for a while so yeah i mean why not it's not the worst one no i mean it's yeah it's on par with like an average marvel film on par with some of the more mm. average ones um i'd say it's on par with the ones that i yeah like, like the least. Oh, not the good ones like age of ultron and stuff but like yeah, that and Civil War and stuff, it's kind of on that, that level. Um, anyway. Yeah, I can sort of see that. Although I still think Civil War is functionally better. And I didn't like that. Like, I had structural problems with Civil War. But, like, just kind of and, – and we'll get into this later, but I have real issues with how the heroes are presented in this movie. Mm. Um, like, not the character issues, just their their abilities and their the way they look and things like that. All sorts of stuff that yeah, was not an issue there's with some stuff, Marvel stuff. Like I'm not re – like at one point Aquaman seems to fly and I'm not yeah. – why does Aquaman fly? I'm not really sure. <laughs> this that is that the stuff is, that I'm talking about. Um, yes, exactly. I, I didn't know that was an Aquaman No, power. he can't fly, but it, it seemed to be falling with style a la Toy Story. And that's, but it doesn't yeah. work. This is – well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, that's, that's the sort of stuff that I'm talking about. Yeah. Like it doesn't just seem to un really understand – the characters yeah 
ultimately. Um, but we'll get into some of that detail. Um, we'll start talking spoilers now. So we haven't seen Justice League and you don't want to be spoiled. Maybe pause the podcast now and come back when you have. Um, yes. For some reason, the first thing I want to mention is I'm kind of disappointed that the guy who played Barry Allen first on TV and who currently plays Henry Allen on The Flash as the dad didn't get to be the dad in this more than Grant Gustin not being getting to be oh, okay. Barry because – when I watched Billy Crudup in that role, all I could think of was he's doing exactly the same thing that that guy does on television, but the other guy's better. Oh, wow. Um, like, he just is that character in my mind so much that this guy just – it just didn't work at all. Right. Like, I can totally get Ezra Miller. I love Ezra Miller, but I – and I can't remember the actor's name. But it, he's just so much better as Henry. Right. I like really you, you feel watched... that connection so much more, Right, I think. I haven't really watched much of The Flash at all on TV, so I don't have that in my head. I've watched two seasons of The Flash, about three of Arrow. So I have a little knowledge of the TV verse mm-hmm. and how it compares to this one. The other thing that really got me with that was Ezra Miller looks really weird when he does the run. Yeah. He does this weird flicking his feet behind him thing and his arms out and he looks He's kind of very dopey. dramatic. I actually kinda love that. But um, like the way he, he twists his body around when he lines up to have that race with Superman at the end, yeah. just like hilarious. Um whereas Grant Custon always makes the running look very natural. Mm. Like he's great at that. But, you know. And I they're different and they're different, you know, people and they both do, I think, a good job. Grant Gustin plays a very good TV flash, I think. Mm. Whereas I can definitely see Ezra Miller being like a movie uh, like a movie standard flash, mm-hmm. you know. But um He is he's absolutely the standout of this film, yeah, Ezra absolutely. Miller. Um he really copes well with the weed in the dialogue. Yeah. Um and he he's good at the fast dialogue and he's um like as a person it seems and also as an actor he doesn't have any ego about him he's willing to look like an idiot and it makes him much funnier and it makes a much better performance yeah um ben affleck can do that but it takes a bit of effort for him like he's got his egos in the way and he kind of th- th- when he lets go and actually has some funny lines he can be quite good but ezra he miller's got career like, in this either which is a weird thing like, I, I, I think do have they some, might have used CG for some shots of his face. I think they might have too because that Ben Affleck is 10 years older than I am and he in a couple of scenes he has no forehead wrinkles and, like, I'm sorry, but someone who's lived Ben Affleck's life and is 45 years old has forehead wrinkles. There, yeah. there, there's, some, there's been some digital touch-up work in his face which looked a bit weird. And it's also – After he shaves when he's with yeah. Alfred, it looks so unreal to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, that, when he gets a bit of scruff back, it's fine. But yeah, that bit is it just not quite right. It's a bit like the bit at the start where the very opening of the film is a mobile phone footage that was clearly done in the reshoots when they had to digitally remove Henry Cavill's mustache. And it doesn't even look like Henry Cavill's face. Yeah. And the same sort of situation happens when Bruce Wayne shaves. And yeah. it's like it just looked it oddly looks weird. smooth and waxy. Yeah, I agree. But um, it, it, it's not as bad. The Ben Affleck situation is not as bad because the Henry Cavill, yeah. Henry Cavill situation it's I noticed dire. almost every time he was on screen. Well, he, he, they must have done a lot of reshoots. It's the opening shot. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is there. But that because that, it's the opening shot as well. You're like, for a minute there, I was like, is that Henry Cavill or his stunt double? Yeah. Like, it just didn't quite look like him. It was like a, you know, like a good cosplayer or something. <laughs> it was just not quite right. It really wasn't. It yeah. looks and, – and this is the thing. They spent millions of dollars on the CG for this movie and it's so ugly and it really 
um, especially in the final climactic fight. They actually, the fight with, between the, the Amazonians and Steppenwolf mm. was the only one in this movie that I sort of thought was pretty good. I love watching the Amazons fight. I love watching them mess, mess about on horseback and do like crazy gymnastics. God, I love watching that. It was also like exciting and you knew the stakes, right? Mm. She goes, we have to get the, like, they try to protect the cube and then they try to keep it. She says to them, keep it moving. We know the objective. Yeah, yeah. We know Every time that it's about to fail, we're like, oh, no, you know, mm. we know that this is how a good action scene should work. We know what the objective is and it's clear what we're trying to do here. Mm. The aqua, uh, the Atlantis stuff was oof, rough. Um, that was really rough. Really, really rough. Um, yeah. the, the, the Superman coming back fight scene was okay. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. But I... The problem with it really to me is that we haven't established what everybody's powers are. Mm. So we don't know what they can do. So they don't know what they can do. We don't know what they can do in, in comparison to Superman. The only yeah. one that works on that front is um, Barry. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Flash, yeah, we have a pretty good idea what the Flash does, but I'm not fully clear what Arthur or Cyborg do. Right, exactly. Um, I, I'm not, I just, I'm not fully clear on exactly what they can do. I'm pretty clear on what Diana can do. Because we've had a couple of movies now, but even that, I'm like, where is there any? What are the stakes for wish, any of them? I wish she'd had a better intro scene than the bank robbery thing, where they have her, they have her go along and deflect bullets from this crowd of people, which oh, is so stupid. There's so many bullets; it's an automatic yeah. weapon, and all she's got are her big bracelets. But anyway, she saves all these people. But you sort of watch that scene and you go, well, why didn't she just grab the gun? Yeah. You know, she's got the power to grab the gun off him. Anyway, she could have stopped the first bullet and then grabbed the gun or something. Yeah. But I don't think she had a good intro. Like, they were trying with her in that intro scene, but it wasn't quite right. Yeah. Um, they also don't really um, – she sees the fire get lit at the Acropolis, but that doesn't properly – like, she just sees it on TV. Yeah, there's no emotional – There's no real – it's not – Wait like, to that. Yeah, it's not as – um, yeah – weighty as it could be but i have real problems with i'm not entirely sure what cyborg can do i don't really have like at least i have an idea who aquaman is aquaman can talk to fish but um (laughs) all i could think of every time he said that was the martian you know oh it wasn't actually in the martian was it there's there was a um oh the outtake video the little yeah yeah yeah. there were these little like promo videos that had (laughs) interviews of all the characters and they had an interview of matt damon's character and they were asking him um, how he did isolated phrases and he was thinking the whole time about what fish Aquaman can talk to and whether or not he could talk to mammals because they're not technically fish and like so can he talk to whales but he rides <laughs> on dolphins so he must be able to talk to dolphins and right. stuff like that and that's all I could think of the whole time. But anyway. I, I hadn't seen that one but that is kind of what I was thinking. Because and then he goes, goes the water does the talking and I was like okay, Yeah like because he, he, he sort of zooms into the water I'm like okay so he's kind of like Moana. Like Moana can, can't control the water. The water does – the ocean does all the controlling. Moana – it just likes Moana. Yeah, I've had yeah. this argument recently. Right, right, right. But that's what it seems like. Like the ocean likes him and can help helps him out. That's the vibe that I got from it. See, I think they can control it because of the Amber Heard shockwave Oh, is that things. who that is? I was like, I didn't recognize – Yeah, she's his mother, by the way. No, she's not. Nicole Kidman is playing his mother. I swear that was his mother. Wasn't no, that supposed no, to be his mother? No, but she says she knows his mother. She says, I know Adelana, my, our, our, your mother. Yes, I know, but I thought she was just no, talking about herself. No, no, Nicole Kidman's going to play his mother and Tamura Morrison's going to play his father. 
I'm so confused. No, she definitely wasn't his mother. She, she and she, there's dialogue to that effect. Like she, he talks about how his mother abandoned him, and she's like, yes, I, I know. Kn-, and she says, I knew her. Oh, I thought she just was covering no. for herself. I could have sworn that they cast her as his mother. That was what everybody was talking about. No, right? no, Nicole Kidman's going to be his mother, mm, and it's whatever. not in this film. Um, but I'm not. I'm not still not. Clear I clearly don't understand on anything. exactly what. And Aquaman and Cyborg are not really well-known characters, right? Like you could probably get away with something a bit dodgy about Diana and Superman and even Batman because everybody knows those characters. I don't think you should. I think you should properly introduce them. But particularly with Cyborg and Arthur Curry, like they're not known. There's Mm. no precedent of films for them unless you're really into comics. Even people who are really into comics have never read bits of – like probably haven't read a lot of Aquaman or Cyborg. Yeah. and But even like just with the Amazons, like – there's an Amazon who dies after getting pinned under her horse. And I'm like, is that supposed to be able to kill an Amazon? Well, aren't they supposed to be strong enough to withstand at least that? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. But, like, obviously being pinned under a horse can kill a human. But the, also the problem with that scene is it's another one where you um, – Hippolyta? Hippolyta. Yes. Like, you can see her trying to make a choice and mm. she – and she's, she makes a choice of to leave her sister and go after Steppenwolf, which is the right choice. But when she's got, like, Steppenwolf is out of the way, she goes back and she just kind of, like, sits there with her. But this is Hippolyta. She's an Amazon. She would lift that horse off that woman. Yeah. Why didn't she lift the horse? That's, that's, yeah, those sorts of things were confusing to me. I'm like, what, can she not lift the horse? Well, she, what can they like, do? I'm sorry. Hippolyta? Of the Am- Queen of the Amazons can't lift a horse? Yeah, I'm is, sorry, that's not true. That's what I mean. This is what I mean. I'm like, what can they do? What is yeah. the ability so, of – and this is – like I was – because um, obviously I compared this to X-Men because of Barry and especially because of Barry's big scene where he um, – oh, yeah, the, the showcase quick, yeah, of his the, powers, yeah, right? Yeah, where, where it's very much like the Quicksilver scene from the new X-Men stuff. But the Quicksilver scene from the new X-Men stuff is a moment. Like mm. that is a – Probably one of the most outstanding moments in superhero cinema. Yeah, yeah it's right? a great set piece. It is a great set piece. It gives you such a clear idea of who he is and his personality as well as his powers and how impressive they are mm. and all of that stuff. All in one beautifully shot set piece. It looks really good. This looks a mess. You don't know where he is most of the time. Uh, like, And then it, he barely does anything. And it, the it. lightning thing makes it hard to sort of follow him. Like, but also the the screen is blurry when it happens mm. a lot of the time. Mm. It looks bad. There, there was actually a scene, the scene where the um the night janitor goes into the the place where Cyborg came from, whatever it's called, and That's there's a whole Star Labs, isn't it? Star Labs, yeah. That's the, from the sh- the Flash as well. There's a whole scene, like, and it's all red, where it's not actually in focus. Like he comes mm. around the corner, and it's not properly focused. Like, come on, it's pretty basic. And there's some really jarring stuff as well. Like you have Bruce and Diana in the park or in the woods or whatever talking mm. about getting the team back together and then it suddenly flashes to her telling the story of what happened to the Amazons and it's really jarring because of the difference in like the way it looks and so feels. So she comes to see Batman in his hangar or whatever mm. and then it cuts to yeah, the Steppenwolf c- and then yeah. it cuts back to them yeah. and they're suddenly and at a park. Somewhere else. At the lake and you're like, oh, what? Yeah. It's, <laughs> they moved? Yeah. It, when? But it's also really jarring, even when she gets to the hangar and she just it just like cuts yeah. into the flashback. Yeah. It just it it's sort of all over the place, and the visual really is. is very very different. That's see, this is the thing. Like I think on the character beats, this is a good, this is a fun movie, mm-hmm. and I like the message. 
basically, essentially, it's like about hope overcoming darkness, the mm. opposite of everything that's been in the DC universe that's not Wonder Woman so far, yeah, yeah. right? It's very kind of like everybody working together and like caring for each other means that there's hope over darkness. Absolutely. And there's something really sweet as well in the way that they portray the Flash as only being able to save like a couple people or the like, you know, when he saves the car full of people and, mm. and Superman saves the, the giant building. building. But Flash is kind of like, okay. Well, but like, also, I did my part. And I think that's nice s- that everybody does their part. And then. And they set that up as well because yeah. they set up knowing that family. But also, like, and because Batman earlier says save one save person. Save one person. Yeah. And that actually, that bit's actually really good. I, exactly. I liked that. I liked that they, um, these movies, or this movie particularly, actually seems to have a good grasp of who Batman is. Like, I think, I think I talked about this last time. There's, there's a deliberate choice in casting Ben Affleck and all his baggage as Batman because the Batman of these movies is meant to have, like, a bit of baggage that he's meant to, he's a post Lego Batman Batman. <laughs> um, and he, there's a sense of self-awareness there. The fact that Batman is a bit ridiculous, mm. and I appreciate the way they try to do this now. Like but I, I said, think ben, ben Affleck is- needs to get out of his own way a bit. But I think the movie, there's, and he actually have an idea about who Batman is. Yeah, but I think Batman is not very self-aware of who he is. But at the same time, no, yeah, the jaded kind of grumpy Batman, jaded grumpy going mentory. to see, yeah, and like not, and, and he kind of. Um, it doesn't come naturally to him, that kind of stuff. So when yeah. he gives the Flash that little talk, just save one person, that actually it's a good, important character moment for it him. Is. And he never uses a little girl as a shield, so it's already than his already better than his portrayal in mm. in Suicide Squad. Um, mm. But, yeah, like it does have a good idea of their characters, just not of their abilities, I think. Yeah, it, it doesn't um, tell us enough. Also, the guy who's playing Cyborg, he's fine – he was hampered by terrible sort of CG stuff and things like that. Oh. But I also kind of feel like he could be anybody. Mm. Yeah, um, that was – oh, man. Especially that when he's introduced, right, they try and be really clever and you only see him from behind. But all you all you can notice in that scene is the ADR. Yeah. And it's it's really jerky and annoying. And I, I, and I guess they're going for a, he doesn't speak like a normal human because he's a cyborg now. But it's really awkward and we don't really have a clue who this person is. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not – like, Ray Fisher is the actor. I'm yeah, not I know. familiar with him. I keep calling him Ray as the character, but that's not his name. <laughs> and his name's Victor? Victor, I think. Yeah, yeah but Victor Stone. But I'm not familiar with him, But and he just sort of – the others – I mean, Henry Cravel's not a particularly great actor, but there's a reason they've cast him. But mm. Ray Fisher doesn't really seem to have – I can't – like, I'm not attaching any kind of charisma to him. You know who else I don't think is a good actor, I've never thought is a good actor Momoa. and don't think is a good actor in this movie is Jason Momoa. Well, this is, I was actually going to say that I forgot to when we talked about the Atlantis stuff. The other problem with the Atlantis stuff is that it's trying to be carried by Jason Momoa and Amber Heard, who are not great actors, no, either no. of them. Um, the re- I didn't even recognise Amber Heard because she's kind of generic. I always mm. forget who she is. That's why they, the, for, if they're going to do an Aquaman movie, they've got to bring in, you know, people like Nicole Kidman to kind of. <laughs> well, yeah, because j- punch it up. He's Jason not a great actor. Moore he's not a, a good actor. No, he's a presence. He is, and he is, you know, he is a presence. Like in person, he is the presence. If you walk into a mm. room where Jason Momoa is, he's the, he's practically the only person in the room. Mm. I get that. I, I do. Do, I've done that. But, um, he's not. He, this is just, he's just kind of a bro. 
Um, and There's not much to his character. Yeah, and his- one of the scenes that makes me feel the most awkward is where he's sitting on the lasso of truth in the plane and I was just rolling my eyes at that because, like, I just – I see what they were trying to do but there's no shift but- from when he's just bullshitting to when he's talking – Really telling the truth. Really telling and the truth. All I felt for, though, was, like – Diana's the only woman in this room of all these men and he's a lot he's really big and really strong mm. and she's smaller and skinnier like she's pretty tall but all I felt was that awkwardness of being in a room where you're surrounded by men who are making kind of sexual jokes yeah. and you feel uncomfortable but you don't really you kind of have to laugh it off because there's nothing you can do literally like the time when Ben Affleck made that joke yeah. about all the sexual harassment stuff it's and- a bit like being around Ben Affleck Brett Ratner or Joss Whedon who are all involved in this movie but anyway there's so many problematic people in this movie. Henry Cavill is also known as a bit problematic, what with dating college students and all. And, like, it just it, that scene made me feel particularly uncomfortable. And it's not necessarily Jason Momoa's fault, although I was in that Comic-Con panel where he made the rape joke mm. and I felt really uncomfortable then and I've never quite felt comfortable with him he since. He has made an extremely good apology oh, very I'm, recently I about yeah. it. And, look, but- and that was six years ago and yeah. I also think – I also think that he's – I think he's a decent person, but he's not – he just says what he he's feels. He's not very self-aware. He has no filter yeah. whatsoever. Like, I, he's not – he's not throwing – like, swinging his dick around. He's just – that's that's him, right? Yeah. So, I'm I'm willing to forgive him for that. But the reason – but that scene was so uncomfortable. It was. And it made me so well, uncomfortable. Yeah, the way that he talked about her was um, very uncomfortable in that scene. Yeah, just like, – And this is the thing that we didn't have to deal with in Wonder Woman that suddenly come back in this one – Mm. And also, you know, there's the costume that people were complaining about the leather costumes for the flashback being all midriffy and stuff. And they were like, and everybody's going, oh, it's a different time, blah, blah, blah. But th- they've changed the Amazonian, co- the Amazon costumes in the present because we saw them being much more midriffy and stuff in the scene where with Steppenwolf. Mm. Like a bunch of them are just wearing like a yeah. metal boot plate and then a skirt. Yeah. Hippolyta's dressed pretty much the same. Stupid. But yeah. yeah. But a lot of the others aren't. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It was they. They went from the more armory armor, yeah, to of Wonder Woman to this. It's mm-hmm. and it is this kind of boys' club now. Yeah. Even though she's the and she is still, I think, the best superhero. Like I think Barry's the best character, mm. but she's still the best superhero, and she still holds her own mm. better than anybody else in there. Plus, her hair in this movie is amazing. No matter what else looked terrible, her hair looked amazing in this oh, movie. And so. she's gorgeous. Like, she really does look gorgeous. The, and the, the hair was good too. Like, it it um it changed depending mm. on where she was and what she was doing. And like in a couple of times she is dressed as – when she's dressed as Diana, there's a different look there about mm. what she wears. There's also a different look between, like, Diana in professional attire versus Diana coming to see Bruce in her leather jacket and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The hair in general, yeah, in this movie was good. Mm-hmm. Whoever the hairdresser was, you made the only good-looking part of this movie, so good job you. Mm-hmm. I still like Jeremy Irons as yeah. – um, <laughs> He's good. Yeah. He, there's this interesting sense of him like, you know, he wants Bruce to go out and have kids <laughs> and settle down and stuff. Mm. And somebody mentioned – I don't remember who it was, but somebody mentioned that he seems to be more like a butler for like the knights of old who's like protecting the legacy of a house and uh, yeah he's got this kind of very british sense of that sort of thing that i i can sort of see in this character mm. that i like he's got an interesting take on who alfred is mm. and mm. i enjoy his take on alfred yeah i don't know it yeah i like i said i think that's really what sets this movie apart is like all of the characters there's a good sense of who they are mm. 
Yes. Even with the brief appearance of Lois. And the scene between Lois and Martha Kent is Mm. lovely. I thought that was really good too. That's a great scene. I don't know if that was added in any reshoots, but I really like that they put that in there. There's something about that scene too where Lois is sort of still barely holding it together and Martha's so kind of brave and lovely. And they also, I, they did Martha a massive disservice in some of the, particularly Man of Steel, because she was, I remember her telling um, Clark, like, look out for number one. No one else is going to look out for you. Yeah, because that's the, but that's the, the bitter, thing. The philosophy of that movie is very yeah. that. And it's not, and it's, it's the Kevin, Kevin like, Costner is really the one pushing it. Yeah. And like, the thing is, <laughs> the whole point of Superman is that he's raised by these two people who are all about, like, the importance of serving others. And I think. The the uh, sinking of the photo of Kevin Costner in this movie is symbolic. Mm. You know, when it goes down into mm-hmm. the goo, um, I think that's symbolic of them destroying the legacy of that terrible character in these movies because he was. And mm. it was this mm. um, Ayn Randian philosophy, yeah. right, that, that that movie tried to propagate. And this movie is saying, don't do that. That's bad. We'll keep Martha around because Diane Lane is great. Yeah, yeah. And the, the Martha Kent here was a much truer Martha Kent. And she was so sweet and like and I like that they like bring her back to reunite with Clark as well. Like they don't ignore the fact that she exists. Yeah, and the Martha and Lois has like that relationship has been ignored, but it's cut it's an important one because these two women kind of guide him through life, right? Mm. Um Martha, you know, as his mother and Lois as you know, but his partner, the bit but where they bring Lois in to hum- like to make Clark human again. Ugh. When he comes back, I was like, yeah. oh god! I, was, I actually I thought was, it was going to be his mother, though. So I, yeah, I mean, I understand why they did that. Firstly, because they have Amy Adams, and also they needed to get Amy Adams and Henry Cavill together because she can hold her acting like she's needed in that scene to kind of hold carry the acting bucket because Henry Cavill's just not a strong actor. I think he can do really well in certain things. I the thing that always comes back that I always come back to is Man from Uncle, which where he's is great. great. But like in Man from Uncle, he's playing up to all of the charm as like s- smirky, smarmy, but with this layer of real pain underneath it. Mm. Right? That's who Napoleon Solo is, and he's great at that. But there's a smirky smarminess to his Superman that doesn't quite no, work. No, because that doesn't work for Superman. I've been rewatching White Collar. I'm like, geez, I wish they'd cast Matt Bomer in that role when they cast these movies. Yeah. Um. But anyway. That, but he's kind of smirky. He'd have a smirky smarminess yeah. too. Yeah. He'd be a great Napoleon solo. <laughs> he would be. But um. But again, like but I so, think, I, I mean, um, Kyla Hecklin's TV Superman mm. is great. Like he doesn't have any of that kind of – he doesn't feel smarmy when he does it. He feels really – He's very yeah, genuine. Uh, and, and the thing He's that, not as – and I still don't think he's a terrific actor, but mm. his Superman feels so genuine. Yeah, because so, – like, his smile yeah. is so real. And with, that butt is so good. So. <laughs> well, Diana's earnestness as well should match Superman. Like Superman and Diana should both have that earnestness to them. Yeah. That's really important. And I you get it with Diana. Um, that's one of the oh, things Gal so Gadot good. does really well, is she's very earnest and serious. And I think part of it is that she's uh, because she is foreign, like she's not if you've seen interviews with her, you know that like she isn't necessarily up to like quippy English dialogue, mm. for example. But that's okay. That's part of her charm. But she doesn't is, have quippiness. In but she doesn't. Either. No, because that's not who Diana is, and right. and it's not who Clark is either. Clark is very earnest, and that is missing here. But just to go tra- track back for half a second, when Clark comes back, I thought it was going to be Diana and the lasso 
that got him mm. back. I And I thought that would have been appropriate because it would have given us a chance to see the power of the lasso, not just as a, oh, yeah, it's really funny sometimes when somebody accidentally has it around their leg, but as a powerful tool that she uses to make people realise what the who they are mm. and to be true to themselves. And I thought that would have been a mu- much stronger symbolic moment. I know they had to bring Lois in, but it would have been more symbolic if Diana had been able to do it with the lasso. Yeah, but they had to show that he could overpower all of them. Yeah, so yeah. they had to show him overpowering her as well. But yeah, the um, there was something about the lasso that I was going to say and I've forgotten what it oh, was. Oh, sorry. It doesn't matter. It's not your fault. I just no. had it a moment ago and then lost it. But yeah, it. <laughs> sorry, I just remembered my favorite quip of Barry's as well when uh, Batman brings up Chris Trevor and Wonder Woman smacks him across the Steve room. Steve Trevor? Chris Trevor. Every <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> There is, there are no Steves. There are only Chris's. Um, so when he brings but up two of them, play Steves, right? Um, when he brings up Steve Trevor and she smacks him across the room, and then I, I wasn't there for that. And then Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller's Flash says, "You know, if she kills you, we'll cover for her." I just was like, that was my favorite bit of the whole movie. Yeah, I like um getting to see Diana's kindness when she mm-hmm. like that's the only thing that kind of works. Which is about why I wanted her to bring cyborg. back Superman. Is that she? has that yeah but anyway you, she, uh, yeah, I, know, I know she I know. can't <laughs> i know but yeah um her bringing in cyborg is a really good example yes. of that though yep, like yep. she kind of gently but firmly lures him brings him in to the fold mm. instead of batman's kind of more uh blunt approach to yeah things. well like batman approaches um he approaches aquaman as a fellow bro and then he approaches um uh, flash as a fellow nerd kind of but the thing is, it doesn't work with Aquaman. His blunt no. approach doesn't work with Aquaman. It only works with Barry because Barry was already 100% Barry will- ready to go. Yeah, like, that's right. Like, he, there's nothing that he does to convince Barry. Barry just Barry's goes, like, yeah, I mean, it's got to be better than what I'm doing now. Yeah, exactly. He's just, I, I need friends. This sounds good. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm living a pretty and horrible life. And watching him try to be friends with Cyborg was very cute. That grave digging um, scene, which I realize is taken out of Hamlet, I realize, <laughs> but it was really good between the two of them. Yeah. And in fact, at that point, I did quite like Ray Fisher and Cyborg. Yeah, exactly. That was the one scene where he was really sort of humanized and likable, where they were trying to dig this grave together. And, and it's, a, a, good it's scene. a shame they couldn't do more with him and Jay Mor- Joe, Joe Morton, mm. who is a great actor and who I love. Every time I saw him, I just got this little like, oh, it's Joe Morton. <laughs> from Eureka, yeah. <laughs> I, I said Eureka out loud once. But no, also from um, um, uh, Terminator. Mm. But yeah, I, I just got excited. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that worked and him with Diana worked where she kind of – because he does this little smile at her at one point mm. when – Aquaman's just been agitating him and he was just on edge. She just brings him down really easily Mm. um, and they have a little nice moment that works really well. And then Diana goes off and does that. What's the trope that you always call it where women have nursing powers? Women are inherently nurturing? Yeah, that. Actually, that's one of the things I like about Diana is that they use her femininity as a strength. Like her kindness is one of her important. She literally nurses Batman, which was kind of like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. Although there was something about like it was like orthopedic nursing. Like she was she had to shove his shoulder back into place. Yes. Like that sort of seeing him get a little bit punished was okay. I was okay well, with that. Oh, I'm and the sure bit where he, that, oh my god, the bit where uh, he lifts William up Lonsen his shirt. Reminded that. He, yeah, the bit where he lifts up his shirt and it's clearly not his body with all the bruises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we know that Ben Affleck struggled to, to you know, like get swole for these movies, and we know that like they do put these actors through some hell to actually get swole but honestly it was a bit hilarious yeah that 
Yeah. Also, dude, you're playing Batman, okay? Like, you get to play Batman. Just, like, be a little happier about it. I don't know. I mean, I I can really understand that it's awful having to mm. go through all of the not that yeah not that sorry not so much the not being able to lose weight stuff. I was I think I was more referring to in interviews and stuff where he go, keeps going on about how he'd like a nice graceful exit from the DC universe. I'm just like buddy, buddy. Well, the thing is, to be fair, he was introduced in Batman vs Superman. The terrible, terrible. So he's had to fight against that. I mean. Not that Batman Affleck needs mm. me to, to be fair to him, but I get it because he hasn't been able to play Batman well till now. No, no. So it's kind of a burden on his shoulders now. Yeah. And it, it is the fault. And I he's mean, had to – and, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure the only reason this movie got written by the Argo screenwriter was because Ben Affleck was like, no, fuck this, I'm bringing this guy in. Yeah. If I'm going to do and this, we're going to do it right. Is, like, I don't want to be too mean to Zack Snyder because he's had a pretty awful year, mm. but, like – the movies that he was making weren't – they just didn't work. You know, they, mm. they didn't work. They they weren't good movies. They weren't the right tone. Like, they weren't – one of the – But they all – I mean, yes, that as well. <laughs> one of the really good things about this movie is it's the right movie for 2017 as well, like the right tone to strike. Like, mm. You see the world going bad at the start. You see, like – white supremacist type people and everybody knows over the opening credits which was so great you see that and what the the message of the movie is about that you can overcome the death of hope by banding together and yeah you know raising jesus from the dead but like by (laughs) banding together interesting too sorry yeah and oh you'll get to it in a sec and like and friendship and kindness and teamwork will overcome that sorry yeah and raising from the dead let's the the scene where they the the way they chose to raise him from the dead was so clinical and like they had to actually go dig him up and all that stuff Mm. that was an interesting choice i thought yes i think it was it's a bit like the bit in harry potter where he hand digs dobby's grave yeah. like you have to, they have to get really close to the dead body and and actually oh like, but that it's but quite that confront- a- it's like a it's about like actually having to confront what you're doing kind yeah i think it was interesting i want to come back to the fact that like i think i had more goodwill for this movie before that final battle it didn't work for me at all it was so ugly it was so ugly like the cg was ugly the things that they were doing to the town I mean, the villain in this is, is a like is Marvel villain week. Yeah. Um, and but it's so hit like it. The whole thing just looks bad. And the movie before that didn't look great for most of it. But I could see what was happening. Yeah, it was hard to tell who was where. Like you yes. can get a sense of the geography of like where's Batman going to take the flying monkeys away, and where's the flying monkeys was all I thought every time yeah, I saw them. every time. <laughs> They're but, exactly they look so much like the flying monkeys. Yeah, right. Stephen Stephen Wolf and his flying monkeys, but. And then there's a bit where, like, you know, Wonder Woman saves Aquaman at one point, but you sort of like, where was Aquaman in between all this? Like, we see him go off with Batman for a bit and stabby stabs, but then he's gotten back to the main battle area in order to be saved. And the, but it's not. There's so many confusing, like, who's where at what time doing Here's what. Here's what they do in the final battle. That's the worst thing. They show the build up to a moment, mm. and then they show them already there. And they act like like they'll cut to them already there, and mm. they act like that's one smooth motion. So you don't know how they got there, mm. and suddenly there's somebody else there as well, and they go, "You're what?" They go, "You're welcome," and you're like, "What did you do?" They do that early on, actually, as well. When um when Cyborg first comes in and he takes off with the cube, mm. and we we see like Batman and Diana and Flash sort of stuck in this thing, yeah. and it's starting to collapse, and then it just cuts to them and um, um and they're out and they're out. And I'm like, how did they get out? 
But they do that sort of thing. Like it's it's quicker though. It's like they they like you'll see somebody flying up to something and then they're already on the thing. But like you don't see them overcoming the obstacles that they would have had to have to be on the thing. And then you AKA hear some, the interesting bit. You hear some convenient dialogue and it all presents as one motion. So you can't follow where anybody is. And mm-hmm. you're like, how did this person get there? And what happened with this? And it's a terrible fight scene. It's badly put together. Um, the only moment that there's, it feels like there's any stakes at all is when Barry comes in at the end, goes, do you see what's happening out? Do you know what's happening outside? And Steppenwolf grabs him and throws him. Mm. And I was like, oh, maybe he's hurt. That would be sad because we love Barry. Yep. (laughs) He's fine. Well, he gets rescued by Batman though. But he's fine. He's not hurt even. He just gets up again. Mm. Right? Like there's this bit where Superman and and Ray Ray (laughs) – Superman and Cyborg Mm. are laid out and they're like, oh, everything hurts. Oh, my toes hurt. I don't know how my toes hurt, but they do. That bit where you're like – but neither of you look hurt at all. No, you look and then fine. Oh God, and they, then they just have... put Cyborg's leg gets pulled off, and they just put it back on. Like there's no stakes. Man. And, and also at that Nobody... point, Wonder Woman also says, "I work with children," and it hasn't properly been established. Oh, there's a couple of lines as well that I do not understand. Um, at one point, it definitely sounds like Henry Allen says to Barry, "Don't be gay," but I'm sure that's not what he said. But I can't understand half well, the dialogue. And, and at one point, Aquaman says to um, Flash or Batman. I'll, I'll introduce you to every piranha I know. To, yeah. uh, and I thought he said, I'll introduce you to every prawn I know. Yeah. I was weird. like, prawns aren't that dangerous. <laughs> what? Is Barry scared of prawns? <laughs> Probably. He's scared of a lot of things. <laughs> but piranhas, he's actually scared of. What was the, um, the tall people and bugs? And- yeah. Yeah. And in this movie where there's all your castmates are really tall. I know. It was funny. Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Yeah. What are you going to give this movie? I'm going to be actually quite generous and give it three stars. I was going to say two and a half. Now I want to drop it to two for that. I don't think it's that good. Um, I'm going to say I think it's worth two and a half stars. I think that's the best score I've given any of the other ones that aren't Wonder Woman. So um, it's just it's still not good, Mm. but it's better. So way to go, DC. Sure. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you want to find old episodes, the show notes, or tickets to our screening of Star Wars The Last Jedi, you can do that on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.